How's it going, family and friends? This is Neil Richter, one ho or one half of your uh, Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast host. But today I am here with something a little bit different that I haven't quite named yet, but I'm just going to put it under uh, Richter Interviews. Um, but it's a different idea that I had where I wanted to sit down with my grandma, Patricia Richter, and kind of just have her tell her story. And uh, this idea came about a couple ways, but most recently her and I were at my dad's uh, birthday party over at his friend Tim's house, our friend Tim's house. And she started telling me a little bit about her parents' upbringing and, um, and her parents' life in England before they came here. And I just found it fascinating, so I kind of wanted to sit down with her and record it. Um, so without, before we get into the most significant thing that happened in my grandma's life, which my dad would probably argue was the birth of himself, but I'll argue that it was definitely the birth of me, your, your favorite grandchild, Neil. But um, before we get into all that, I kind of wanted to take it back to um, your, your mom and dad and uh, your mom and dad's story a little bit and then kind of into your life. Well, my mother was born in Nottingham, England, and she immigrated from England with her mother and her, uh, I think it was three, uh, one brother and maybe two sisters. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was about 11 years old, and she came after the Titanic, and she remembers seeing icebergs and uh, she said it, she has uh, good memories of the trip. Uh, they probably came uh, what would have been called steerage, which was the cheapest way to travel. And her dad was already here in the United States with her oldest brother, Sydney. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had a job and saved his money to bring the rest of the family. And anyway, my grandmother, uh, they came into Canada from England on the Empress of Britain. Uh, they landed in Nova Scotia, St. John's, uh, Nova Scotia. And then my grandmother, with all these kids, young kids, came um, by herself on a train to Windsor. And this was about 1912. And from Windsor, they took a, a ferry to Detroit and joined my grandfather. That's crazy. And they uh, lived in the uh, Detroit area, but in the Wyandotte area mm -hmm. of Michigan. And my dad, I'm not sure, he was born in London and he uh, immigrated from uh, Ireland. And I'm not certain of why he was in Ireland. My mother told me that he did manage a golf course in, but I think what she really meant, he was the greenskeeper. And he married in Ireland, an Irish girl named Ellen Turney, and they had, let's see, four children. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't even know that. Yes. And then he emigrated with his wife um, and children to oh, Detroit. Wow. And 
<clears throat> he uh, worked for a time. His his brother was here, and he worked for a time as a photographer, and then he worked uh, at Ford Motor Company for $5 a day. He hated it, <laughs> and he also worked as a streetcar conductor. But then he got a job at Salvi Pro, uh, Process Company, which was a chemical company, and he stayed there till he retired. But his wife uh, died during the flu epidemic. Oh. And that's how he happened to marry my mother, who was divorced and had one child, uh, my sister Shirley. But my sister Shirley was 10 years older than me, and my dad's children were all older than me. Mm -hmm. So I was almost raised as an only child. And I did have one other sister that was... Uh, my dad and mother's biological child, but she died at birth, and she was five years older than me. Her name was Dorothy. And you weren't very close with your dad's kids that were previous to your mom's marriage either, right? I know. No. I have memories of, of them as a little girl, and um, I don't have memories of them living at home when I was born. Uh, I think they lived, they had pretty much grown up. Uh, but I do uh, have memories of my sister Shirley, uh, my mother's daughter, who was 10 years older than me. But we uh, we got close as we got older, mm -hmm. and I was married. Unfortunately, she died when she was 44 of cancer, as did my mother's mother. My grandmother died of at the age of 44, 45. And then eventually of, Grandma Shep as well. And my mother died but she, of cancer. Mm -hmm. But she was 97 years old. She sure was. Sparky 97 too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how old was Grandma Shep and your father then when they met? So they must have been a little bit later in life then, if he already had four kids and she had My one. dad was almost 18 years older than my mother. Oh. So my mother was not that old. Okay. She uh, was married to Charles Kurth uh, when she was about 17 or 18 years old. And so she was fairly young to take on the responsibility of all of my dad's kids. Yeah. And it wasn't a really good relationship. Yeah, I believe it. There was a lot of stress and they didn't there was a lot of dysfunction. Yeah. Um she was really too young. Yeah, I was going to say they much. probably saw the age difference. And actually it, it, it's really strange because my dad had worked with um my mother's my mother's dad and you know him my mother's dad knew that she that my mother needed a husband and my dad needed a wife because he <laughs> had these kids and my mom needed somebody to help support her mm -hmm. because in that day and age yeah uh, you know it was difficult for women without right well yeah there was a whole what, lot of job opportunities job opportunities that was probably player. about what probably in the 1920s yeah 29, 20. Well, I was born in 1931, right during the heart of the Depression. And that was probably five or six years after they were married. 
that's crazy. So yeah. So that was when a lot of like there was a lot of tent cities and stuff up right during the depression. And was that a lot in Detroit too? Or uh, my dad always had a job during the depression. Mm-hmm. But it was it was tough times. He probably didn't make a lot of money. Um, cause the, the depression really didn't end until the end of the thirties. It started in around the 29, 1929. I was born in 1931, and it probably didn't end till the late, or the last of the 30s. Do you think the end of, when did Prohibition end? Do you think that had anything to do with the Depression ending? Money off the economy getting better from that, or? I'm not sure what I'm trying to think of when Prohibition was. I know it was what, definitely in the 20s. Uh, probably about the 28s, 29, yeah, 1928. Um, you know, I don't know because actually dad's, <laughs> dad's dad ran rum from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah, I've heard. That's funny. Uh, but um, that was before he was married. And let's see, he was born in... And he was Henry Ford's bodyguard, too, at the same time, right? He was his driver. His driver? Okay. And... Um, <laughs> That's crazy. They, they called them plant protection. Mm-hmm. And he had to wear a suit, and uh, Ford Motor Company provided the suits for them. Mm-hmm. And he drove them. And he would take the Ford kids to school, and... Uh, he told stories about um, Mrs. Ford used to like to dine Henry Ford's socks. She was very thrifty, and he hated those darn socks. So <laughs> he would have he would have Grandpa Richter stop at like a Neisner's, which was in a, like a dollar store, uh-huh. would be a do- like a, the dime store is what yeah. we called them. To buy, to throw those socks away and buy new <laughs> socks. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and they, they could, probably could have bought them, all those <laughs> from the most expensive stores. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. That's funny. So you were born in '31. That was during the height of the depression. Let's see, we were talking about prohibition. Oh yeah, that's how we got to Grandpa and all that there. So. What, where were you? Where were you brought up at in Detroit in the thirties? What's where at in Detroit? On Chamberlain Street, which was between Springwells, and it was called the Southwest Side of Detroit. It was between Springwells and Lawndale, um, close to Woodmere Cemetery on Woodmere, mm-hmm. probably pretty far south, and still be in or not southwest, I guess. Southwest, and still be in Detroit, on the border, getting close to the Lincoln Park area, Melvindale, Lincoln Park area. Uh, it was a definitely a working class neighborhood. When I think back, I, I think of it as an Archie Bun- Bunker neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother, uh, you know, that was a big thing to own a house. Yeah. And my mother was very reluctant to move from that house when the neighborhood changed. When I was growing up, um, it was a very safe neighborhood. I walked to school. It was I went to Higgins School, and it was on Ellsworth, which was near Woodmere Cemetery, so that was a long way. 
Mm-hmm. And all the kids walked to school, didn't think anything of it. I went to Wilson Intermediate School, which was a long way walk. I mean, right. you just went on your own. And then I went, I had a choice of two high schools, uh, Southwestern or Western. And Western was more down towards Clark Park and getting down towards the downtown area, but it was considered, a, at that time, it was considered a better high school. And it was mostly a white house high school. Um, yeah. Well, I think a lot of that was probably going on at that, that time. Right. right. A lot of segregated Right. Definitely. Schools. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you know, even though it was... You know, the North, we, Michigan's a northern state. I mean, segregation when I was growing up was big. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so what, what, did, what did Grandpa Shepard do for a living that he was lucky enough to have a job to survive all the way through the Depression? And was it just the company that he was at that he got lucky with? Or I think so. I'm not sure. I, I'm assuming that, and I don't really know this. I don't know a heck of a lot about my dad, but I'm assuming that... He worked at um, what was then called Salvi uh, Process Company, which is now Allied Chemical. Mm-hmm. And he was a foreman, which uh, he was a laborer, but, a, but he did, was a foreman, which is kind of a lower end of management. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where he worked all through the Depression, but I'm not real sure about that. He might have had the streetcar job, for all I know. Yeah, or he might have been doing like what Grandpa's dad was doing and running rum. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah no. you, you, didn't you? You told me your dad was more of like a real by the books type of person, wasn't he? Like real? He was very strict and very. Um, he wasn't real typical English. He was not real. Uh, I guess affectionate or right. showed his emotions. Right. But um, you know he he always had a job. But they, you know, they any I think any family that grew up through the depression knew that even though he may have had a job, it probably didn't pay a lot. Mm-hmm. It, so they 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 hung on to their money. Yeah, I mean they were very careful with their money. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about it like times now, and I didn't even think about growing up <laughs> during the depression. I think the recession is the closest thing we had, and that wasn't even comparable. <laughs> right. That the last recession we had, they said that it was about as close to the depression as yeah. we've had since then. That's crazy, but there definitely wasn't wasn't people living in tent cities, but well, kind of, but not really. Well, there were you know people that were committing suicide, wealthy people that when the stock market crashed that committed suicide. Well, all your money and your banks are gone, and because they were they had absolutely nothing. Yeah, there was. There, I mean, there were bread lines waiting for my, you know, you could buy a loaf of bread for two cents. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. So did you guys stay in that that house? I I stayed in that house until I was married. Oh, wow. So then, I guess, then when did you meet Grandpa? I met Grandpa at church. At church? Believe it or not. How old were you guys? (laughs) Um, It was called the Young People's Group. And my, my dad's family 
were Catholic, and my mother's family was Church of England, which would be comparable to Episcopalian. Uh-huh. And so they actually didn't have a church. They didn't go to church. But I always went to Sunday school with a friend, or um, so I grew up Protestant. And um, I went to the church that was on the, uh, the church actually I was married in, on the corner of uh, Woodmere Cemetery and um, Woodmere and Ford Street. And that happened to be the church that Dad's, Greg, your grandfather's family founded. Mm-hmm. It was a German church originally. Hmm. And they founded that. They were charter members of that That's church. Um, and it was called a Trini- Trinity United Meth- a Trinity United Church of God, which is very similar to Presbyterian or Methodist. Okay. I was going to say the church you belong to now. And it's still there. Yeah. I just got a card from them today. <laughs> and uh, they had merged with a church called St. Mark's. And they... Uh, are they are having a drive uh, to buy toys for children, and um, people people still go down to that church. It's surprising that it still exists, and it has the most beautiful stained glass windows you'd ever want to see in your life. Stained glass windows. Yeah, but anyway, that's where I uh, met your father or your grandfather, and uh, it was called a young people's group. And uh, Uncle Earl Gabriel was in it, and uh, <laughs> a lot of my friends were in it. My friend Dolores, that um, I went all through school with, and uh, oh, I've got uh, there's no point in naming all the, but right. there was a lot of people in it, and that's where uh, I met your dad, and we started dating, and. Um, that's it. We got married. That's true. You guys got married young, too, weren't you? So yeah. you guys started dating probably, what, if you were like 16, 17, probably, right? Or maybe no, I older? probably was older. I was out of high school. I was probably about 18. So then you guys got married relatively quickly, then? Uh, well, your dad had been in service. Okay. Or your grandfather. I keep saying your dad, but <laughs> it was okay. your grandfather. You your grandfather had been, he was in uh, the, at the very end of World War II, uh, and it was called the Army of Occupation, and he was stationed in Japan. And it, as you know, he was a paratrooper. Mm-hmm. So he was home. So he was probably, he got drafted when he was probably 18, so he was probably about 20 when I met him, and I was probably 18. I, yeah. don't, I don't remember. That's crazy. And then, then you had... uh, we got married in 1952. Yeah, and then my dad was born next year. Uh, your dad was your dad was born in fifty three. <laughs> Jim was born in fifty five. Craig was born in fifty seven, and Scott was born in sixty five. Yeah, that's great. That Jim and so would Uncle Craig been eligible for the Vietnam draft too, or would it just have been Jim and Dad, or was Craig too young? I can't remember. I'm not even sure what year the draft. I'm not sure about the draft for Vietnam. I because I think only on my mom's side of the family. I think only my uncle Skip got drafted. I believe. I think it would have. 
I think it probably only would have been Mark and maybe Jim. Yeah. Because if you have my uncle Skip is and it, in his seventies, yeah, Dad's a little bit younger than him. Yeah, Dad, I so. don't. I really don't think it was ever a problem for for your dad for the Vietnam yeah. draft. Because your dad was didn't you tell me once that your dad was like real strict about that stuff? So he was always really really into voting and serving. He like didn't like people that were draft dodgers and stuff like that. My my the voting was very important to my mother and dad. And I, they, my mother would walk from our house on Chamberlain and where the closest place for her to uh, vote was at a school that was located on Lawndale. And rain or shine, she always voted. Mm -hmm. I don't think my, I don't think, I don't think my mother ever missed a vote in her lifetime. And my dad was the same way. Yeah. It was very important to him, and I I think that might have something to do from immigrating from, you know, being prideful for or of maybe being, just having the yeah. being able to having the ability to mm-hmm. vote. My dad really liked Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, because he claimed he brought us out of the depression. Yeah, Which I kind of think that. what really brought us out of the Depression was probably World War Two. Yeah. But. That's crazy. So, living in Detroit in the 40s and, well, I see you and Grandpa were married in the 50s, so you guys have been hanging out in the 50s. What was kind of stuff, what was Detroit like? Was it, because before the riots, obviously, it was probably pretty nice down there, I would assume, right? Well, when I was growing up, it was not, we, you didn't think anything all your shopping, big shopping, was done in Detroit. And you took a bus or a streetcar and shopped. Uh-huh. And very safe. There was Hudson's. There was Crawley's. There was Himmel's. There was, a, there was um, what was the name of the Kearns? And the big thing was if uh, I worked downtown in Detroit when I first got out of high school. And I went to, for a short time, I went to business school down there. But the big thing was... If you were going to meet your friends, it was always under the Kearns clock, which was on the, the Kearns was on one corner and Hudson's was on the other corner. And Kearns had a great big, huge clock, so you would meet under the Kearns clock. That's cool. And it was, you just you traveled. It was a very safe area. Has it always been like sketch? Because I don't like as long as I've been alive, at least it's always been kind of sectioned off like culturally. Like you had like, like Polish people in Hamtramck and then you had like Mexican town and you had uh, like, I don't know, there's just different sections or Dearborn's got out of the Arabic community and like, is it always split up like that or is? Well, not when I was growing no. up. Hamtramck was a Polish area and my neighborhood was a mixed neighborhood of um, Probably people that had emigrated from different countries. Yeah. So, um, but it was a working class neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but a lot is, of people what is now there. Mexican t- area mm-hmm. was that was mainly emigrate immigrants from um, northern um, northern uh, countries like Germany, Poland, uh, Italy. And there was probably a lot of people. So it wasn't really too, right? Me- it wasn't Mexican town, right? Could, yeah, there's probably a lot of immigration going into Detroit too, because they're thinking about it how big Big Three was back then and how many jobs that was providing to a lot of the. Well, country. that's and, that's uh, why they came. Yeah. Because you know, 
cars. Eventually, uh, it, you know, it was known as the manufacturing town. Huh, that's interesting. And, uh, and if you think about it, you know, uh, where the box bar used to be in Plymouth and where Kellogg Park is, that was known as the Paducah Express. The Paducah Express, what's that? And that was because people would come from Kentucky, Paducah, Kentucky, and they would come and uh, get off the bus at Plymouth in the box bar. Oh, that's crazy. And they worked at the, there were Ford plants around, there uh -huh. were automobile plants around. And then they would go home on the weekends and they would catch the bus to go back to Kentucky. And that's why it was known as the Paducah Express. That's crazy. So people come you didn't know that? Just to come to work? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's a, that must have been a long bus I ride. think that was probably during the war. Yeah. When, the, when the, um, all, the, all the companies were making um, tanks and yeah. airplanes. All like the, yeah. Oh, that's insane. So then, did Grandpa live in Detroit too? Yeah. His house was in Detroit? Grandpa Shepherd or? No, my grandpa, Grandpa Richter, mm -hmm. your husband. Yes, but he lived, um, he lived on Liddesdale. He grew up in a house on Liddesdale, which was even closer to the border of Lincoln Park. Okay. So it was really the far, uh, I guess you would call southwest uh, corner of Detroit. And um, his mother and dad had a rougher time of it during the Depression, and they came close to losing their house. Oh, really? They, um, at that time, if you made the interest payments on your mortgage, you, um, but they had a tough time mm -hmm. because he wasn't as fortunate as my dad working during mm -hmm. the Depression. Uh, so I'm not sure what all he did. Um, that may have been, I don't know, maybe that's when he um, got into rum running, <laughs> for all I know. I'm, sure it is. I'm not I'm sure, sure about that. I don't know what all he nice. did, but they had, a, they had a little rougher time. I mean, it, you know, eventually everything worked out. He, he, he got the job at Ford Motor Company as uh, what they called plan protection. Yeah. That's, and then Grandpa ended up working for Ford his whole life, too, right? Did he have any jobs before Ford? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Did my, now, which Grandpa are you talking about? You You're the, the Don. Don? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. He, um, he went to uh, Ford Trade School. That was a big thing to get into Ford Trade School. And that was right out of high school. That no, or that, during high school. That was that was his high school. Oh, that was his high school. That was his, okay. Was Ford Trade School, and he actually got paid. Oh wow! Um, not very much, but he got paid. And what he uh, learned to be was a tool and die maker, which at that time, before computers, was a very good. Uh, job mm -hmm. if you got a job as a tool and die maker and while he was going to school he would have to give part of what money that he got from the school to his mom and dad huh. 
Uh, and he didn't resent that. He got to keep part of it, and he yeah. got to give part. He had to, you know, when he was just high school. Um, and then after he uh, got out of Ford Trade School, he got a, well, then I think he probably, that's when he got drafted, because he was, he was yeah. drafted when he was 18. Uh, then when he came back, I'm trying to think of how he did this. He did get a job at Great Lake Steel. And because he had had all this training when he was in high school, he they gave him a pretty good job. And if he had stayed there, um, and probably would have worked into something. But um, what he did is he got... Um, uh, at the time we were married, he he got a job with a company called Hudai Hershey, <laughs> as and it was a manufacturing job, and it was uh, where he was able to use his trade as a tool and die maker. And then Hudai Hershey was going to move from Detroit to New York, or I think the East Coast someplace, and. That's when he got a job at Ford Motor Company as an expediter, and that put him into purchasing. An expediter was a person, he traveled, and he would go to different companies to make sure that they, um, if they had a, if they were manufacturing a plant, a part, that they were doing it correctly and getting it done on time to go. They were maybe manufacturing the part to go back to Ford Motor Company and be put in a car. Mm -hmm. And it was his job to make sure that it was getting done and would get back timely. Yeah. And from that, he went into purchasing where he was actually purchasing uh, different items for... It just gives me so much insight onto how things was back then compared to now because I feel like that's just a way smarter uh, way to attack school to have like a like high school to be like something where you're actually learning the trait to where you're going to go into. Well, work. he would never he would never get a job in purchasing or anything in this day and age. Mm. He would have to have at least a four year college at least, degree. Yeah. And think about all that debt that he didn't ever have because of going to. Some big university like Lauren going to you. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, MSU. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and he better... did take classes at Henry Ford tra- uh, Henry Ford Community College mm-hmm. for a while. But by that time, we were married and having children. That's so crazy. So, but that's... I think that's probably why you see people having kids later in life now because they're still trying to figure out how they can support themselves, let alone a family. That's yeah, uh, you know, of course. And by the time Dad retired, computers were taking over. So computers were taking a lot of the jobs that the tradespeople were doing. But um, Dad said he hated it with he was in purchasing because you were always. It's just like your your dad is always fighting a computer (laughs) as a doctor. Yeah. Well, bringing a new system. Well, your grandfather said he was always. You know, you're always. By the time he retired, you were always fighting the computer Mm -hmm. because the computer could do so much 
you know, do so many things faster than what a human being could That's do. That's even my same in my job now. And when we first started, I had to handwrite everything. And now everything is done on computers. Like when I have stuff coming off my line, I just light it up and my whole system tells me where I need to put everything. Before I used to, they'd get me my paperwork and I'd have to go through and individually write tags for the products that would be coming off the line. And now it's just all so automatic. It's crazy. So I guess computers affected every generation of us Richter boys. Yeah, and they were, ju- <laughs> they were really just coming in Yeah. by the time, you know, by the time Dad retired. But when he retired... And back then it was probably the big... Oh, <laughs> it was probably the whole size well, of the The first wall. computer that we had was <laughs> huge. Yeah. And, but your grandfather didn't want anything to do with it after he retired. The, only, the most he would do on... Their computer is play games. Yeah, it's solitary. <laughs> and then, you know, there were things that, like, after a while, you had to have a computer to for financial things. And, uh-huh. You know, but he wasn't going to be fooling around with it <laughs> other than for something that he had to do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> except to play a game. He liked to play solitaire, he liked to play hearts, yeah. and he liked to play spades on the computer. <laughs> Yep. and check things every once in a while for whatever we had invested. And those little crossword puzzles, too. <laughs> well, he liked. He didn't like crossword puzzles, and he didn't on the computer, and he didn't like reading the newspaper on the computer. I know what he means like that. I'm kind of the same way. Reading text on the computer is a lot different than reading out of a book. It kind of strains your eyes a little bit. And, and I, don't, I, I don't take a newspaper now, and I check every once in a while the Detroit News or the Detroit Free Press, I just can't get, I just can't Mm -hmm. read it. Yeah. But then it's because the papers are going out and a lot of the columnists that I used to like are gone. Yeah. And now everyone's just getting stuff on their Kindles and everything, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So, like, when you guys were first married, what was, like, so in the 50s, what was, like, if you guys were going out on like a date night, what would be like a fun night? What was things to do? Would people go to the movies a lot, or what? Was, what were people's idea of having fun back then? We. It's funny because your dad just joined the Knights of Columbus, <laughs> even though we were not Catholic. We were definitely um, Protestant at that time. We I th- we probably well when we were dating, we were still going to the church uh, that we were married in. Uh, but they would have parties at the Knights of Columbus Hall all the time in Lincoln Park. It was the Lincoln Park Knights of Columbus. Knights of Columbus. And there would be probably every weekend dances. And if somebody got married, they would rent that hall mm-hmm. and have these big weddings. And so that, uh, I mean, we did that a lot. Um, when Dad was single, he and a bunch of his friends rented a cottage at Island Lake. And there was a group of us, uh, girls and guys, and we would go up there on the weekends, and none of the girls could stay overnight. So it was Fred Greamy was a friend of ours, and Mel uh, can't think of a Mel's last name. Anyway, Mel, uh, they had cars, so they would drive us up on Friday. It was, this was at Island Lake, up, and they didn't have expressways. Was up Grand River to Island Lake on Friday night, and then we'd come home, 
go back up on Saturday, come home, go back up on Sunday <laughs> in the summertime. That sounds fun. Um, it was. It was a lot of fun. And uh, your dad, your grandfather, when um, before he was married, he hung around with a lot of uh, buddies, and they would crash weddings. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way. That's hilarious. <laughs> and, and oh, he tells a story of they crashed this one wedding, and they would all get around and they would sing. <laughs> and so everybody liked him because they would, you know, <laughs> they would get free beer and sing. <laughs> and this one group at this wedding that they didn't have any clue who the bride or groom was or anybody <laughs> got pretty, pretty rowdy. And so the father of the either the bride or the groom came over and asked them, do you know those guys over there? And your dad and his buddy said, no, we don't know them. <laughs> so they tossed those guys that out. That is hilarious. Oh, I can't believe he never told me that story before. That's oh, I can't believe you never heard that. Yeah, oh, no, that was, that was a big thing for them. They would crash weddings. Would they come up with little stories and stuff and how and, they knew well, people? Yeah, kind of... <laughs> you know, the bride side, you know them now. <laughs> but they would, um, you know, after a while... They would just get, they would have sing-alongs that I guess everybody, they would liven up the wedding. <laughs> That's funny. So. so it seems like a lot of hanging out and get-togethers back in those days were a lot of like uh, church-involved things, I guess. Would, like a lot of people were more community-involved through the church, I guess, with young people. Well, uh, to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. you know, the, this young people's group was... a. But then uh, that wasn't all. There was all all the other things that went on. You went. Yeah. You did go to the movies. No, we didn't go to the movies a lot. Right. Uh, but we went to parties. Went to parties it. and uh, same stuff. Things do like now. that. Um, <laughs> actually, your dad was your grandfather. I keep saying your dad, but it was your grandfather and Mel and Uncle Earl. Were the three kings at Christmas time? <laughs> for the, with, no, the three wise yeah, men. The three wise men. And dressed in the. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And uh, and what and the the worst thing I think I mean I think we might have gotten a reputation because um, my friend Dolores I, um, and I were there and oh there was. A group of people, I won't name all the names, but uh, Johnny Kabachi, who Doris later married, um, we, it was good, it was Body Thursday, the Thursday before Good Friday, and we we're all coming out of church, and, and we were going, I, I think we might have been going up to this lake, and I can just hear Johnny Kabachi as we're walking down the church stairs. Yelling, who's got the beer? <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> That's funny. But, 
Uh, you guys used to have, or was it? I can't remember if it was my mom telling me that, or and you we did me. we did hang around with uh, his cousin Lorraine Kaiser mm-hmm. and Uncle John Kaiser, but that was a little bit more uh, after we got married mm-hmm. and had kids. Now, was it you telling me that you guys used to have a lot of parties here, or was that my mom saying that they used to? Have, I can't remember. Did you guys used to have a lot of parties at your house in the basement and stuff? And mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I thought I remember. We used to have. Uh, well, we used to have the Richter and the uh, Shepherd Christmas. And uh, when we lived on Lawrence and Allen Park, we had the basement finished. And we had a big pool table, and the, it had a top on it. That's we would eat dinner. That's because the house was small. Yeah. So that's where we would have big Christmas dinners. And I, I always had Christmas Eve for my sister and her husband and kids and um, the Richters. And then uh, Christmas Day, we always had to go over to my parents' house early. And then we would leave and go to the Richters and have a big Christmas. And then we, I would take my turn and have Christmas Day. And then eventually it got so hard with the with dragging the kids that I would end up having. It was easier for me to have it. Yeah, I imagine. I was just, that was kind of what I was going to yeah. get into next is what was life like with my my dad and my three other crazy uncles. Yeah. Well, yeah. That must have been a... <laughs> well, they were, you know, they, they always had a lot of playmates because uh, where we lived, there was always a lot of kids. Yeah. And, and the neighborhood had a lot of kids, so... They just had to fall out the door and play. Yeah. And they were quite the troublemaking crew of uh, boys. I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'd have, that'd be a separate podcast I'll have to do with my dad to ask him about the, uh, yeah. the, the activities that they would get into during that time frame. <laughs> it's funny to think about that. So, did you guys, when... So my dad was born in 53, and then Scott was the youngest, and he was born in, what, 60-something? 65. How, how long did you, or when did, when did you move into that house that I guess I would have known as your whole house over on Elmhurst and uh, Warren and, what was your street Kingsbridge. 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 Oh, uh, well, we moved, We when we first married, we rented a house from Don's aunt and that was in Detroit and uh, then when your dad was just a baby Mm -hmm. he was born in October and in January we bought a house in Allen Park a three-bedroom ranch house small it was small house in Allen Park and then when Scott was born, we added a room on and made a long dormitory kind of a room. But that didn't work out with four kids. The mm-hmm. house was too small. So then we built a house in Trenton, and that was a four-bedroom uh, colonial house. Uh, but we weren't there very long. Uh, we were only there probably a year. and. Uh, Grandpa got 
transferred to Indiana. Mm, that's right. And we moved to Richmond, Indiana. And then um, he got, he moved back to Michigan for a job, and we bought a house, we bought the house on Kingsbridge. So that that makes sense then, because my dad went to, so you guys would have been in Allen Park throughout when my dad was in high school, right? Because he Actually, down. we moved your dad, which was a terrible thing to do when he was a senior yeah. in high school. But it was either that or leave him back um, and let him stay and live with somebody else until he graduated, and we weren't willing to break up the family and right. do that. right. But he made friends, I guess. Yeah. Didn't seem to affect him. Knowing him, I'm sure that was no big deal. <laughs> I'm sure it affected him, but I mean, he yeah, but so he that, survived. <laughs> but that's where he ended up going to Purdue because of that, though, then, right? Because you've been in Indiana when he was in college. Well, and, and it's funny because um, Dad had some connections for Michigan State. And because we felt so bad that we had moved him as a senior in high school, I don't know how your dad did this. Um, he got the option of Mark being able to attend Michigan State if he chose to as a resident as opposed to being a non-resident. Mm -hmm. But then your dad decided to go to Purdue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, and I, I don't remember all the particulars. There was somebody that your uh, grandfather knew that um, had connections to Michigan State that would have worked it out so that he could have gone as a resident. But he, I guess after being in Indiana for a senior year, part of his, most of his senior year, mm -hmm. he decided to go to Purdue. Which is where he... Didn't he fake playing an instrument in the marching band there? He was in the marching band all through high school. He was in the marching band all through high school. So then when he went to college, he was, he was in the marching band. And that was only one credit. And it was a lot of work. Yeah. And so we went down, we, you know, all proud of this kid college. We did in the marching band yeah. for a college football game. And it was Uncle Earl and Aunt Pat and me, and we had these, I'll never forget it, we had these uh, gold uh, chrysanthemums, big mums, and we, you know, tail were tailgated, and we'd go to watch him in the band. And he had always played the clarinet, and there he is, and I, I think it was the trombone section. <laughs> but he needed, I, forget, I don't know, I can't remember, it was in the brass section yeah. anyway. But they needed somebody to fill in <laughs> for that part of the band. <laughs> so we didn't even get him to see us play his clarinet. <laughs> that is too funny to me. <laughs> and I, I think after that, I think that first year, I think he dropped band because right. it was too much work. <laughs> I can just picture him out there. Just, just faking it till he makes it too. That's funny. <laughs> so, so, so the, and then you guys stayed at the Kingsbridge house for what thirty something years, right? We did. We stayed. We lived there probably thirty years, and uh, uh, that that house had a lot of parties, a lot of family gatherings. 
a lot of things went on there. But uh, as we got older, and especially as your grandfather got older and had heart problems, the stairs were becoming a problem. And he'd had a couple of surgeries where um, we had to make do with uh, a half bath until he could manage the stairs after surgery. And um, so we decided that, in the meantime, we had built a lake house. Oh, that's right. So uh, originally our, the lake house up at the Irish Hills, up at Silver Lake, we had at one time thought that we would sell the house on Kingsbridge and retire to and Silver there. Lake. But after a couple of winters that we realized that being at a lake house was nice in the summertime, but in the wintertime, when you had to go to the little town of Brooklyn to go grocery stores, mm. or there were no department stores, or and then by that time your dad's heart was getting, your grandfather's heart was getting bad, and he'd had some health problems, and doctors and hospitals weren't close. Yeah. Um, that wasn't an option. We there never, also wasn't much entertainment up there, really, in the wintertime either. Well, we had a lot of friends up there. That's true, yeah. The we had a lot of friends. And, and there are there were year-round neighbors up yeah. there. The Manvilles Anders, lived up there, right? Uh, no, the Manvilles did as we did. Oh, did they? 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. They used it as a summer place. And we'd go up in the wintertime. But the Andersons that lived next door to us um, lived there year-round. And the uh, across the street, the people uh, live there year-round. There were year-round neighbors. Is the lake house the how you Ames guys met is, Dick and Mary Margaret, or did you know them prior to the lake house? Dick and Mary Margaret bought the lot on uh, Tompkin Drive first. Uh-huh. And they started to build a, a cottage. And it was uh, kind of a, you know... They kind of build it in pieces, yeah. you know, a little bit at a time. In fact, it was funny. Uh, we'd go up there all the time. It didn't have a kitchen, and as far as Mary Margaret was concerned, she didn't care if it ever got a kitchen because yeah. she didn't want <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We would barbecue and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Well, eventually the, it became a full house. And then uh, because they were up there, uh, we kind of looked at property, and we found this a piece of property on Harris Drive. And originally, we were not going to build on it. It was just going to, we put a shed, an aluminum shed up so that we could store things. And we put a dock out and uh, a boat. And we were just going to use it for weekends, just to go up and, you know, Mm -hmm. use it on the weekends as a fun place, you know, I think Scott used it. He pitched a tent and <laughs> on it. Yeah. But then eventually we um, went down to, uh, I think it was in Indiana, where the Amish people were building, um, they called them modular homes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a trailer. It I know what you mean, though. modular yeah. home. So we, we did build the house on it. And it was a three-bedroom, two-bedroom. It was a nice house, a very nice house. 
I loved the lake house. Mm -hmm. I miss the lake house. And we would have hung on to that. It was up on a high hill, and yeah. uh, uh, but it, as your dad's heart got worse, maintaining two homes was too much. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and then the Manvilles were killed. Yeah. And uh, and your dad's heart was getting bad. He'd had a, several heart attacks. That was a lot of upkeep too. Remember, a lot like of the, upkeep. The cutting the lawn was a big deal because the way the property was angled. And it everything. was about an almost an acre. It was almost an acre, mm -hmm. and it was high on a hill. So he he did have a riding mower, but it was he wouldn't let anybody else use that it's riding tricky. mower because it was, it was tricky. Yeah. It was I tricky. That. And, and it kind of uh, didn't really flatten out till you got to like the bottom of the hill. And we were going to need a new roof. Uh, and we were going to need a new dock. And um, we just, uh, so then then we thought, well, we're going to, there was some, it had something to do with taxes, capital gains. I, and I don't remember what it was. We were going to sell the lake house and then for some reason wait two years and sell the house on Kingsbridge and either get a, a one-story or a condo. Mm -hmm. Well, we waited longer than two years. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. When you guys were, I guess, bef either before or during, did you ever have to have a job before meeting Grandpa or while you were as were married? Or I worked after I got out of school. I went for a little short time to business school in Detroit, Detroit Business Institute. And I got a job at a... Uh, appliance wholesalers and then I got a job in downtown Detroit as a, um, a receptionist in an insurance office and then I got married and then I got pregnant <laughs> and then after that it just kind of grandpa and then I uh, raised the boys right until Scott was in about second grade I think and I went back to work by that time, we had three kids in college. Right. That's and I great. went back to work at the first a, a bank that had started in downtown Plymouth. And it was called First National Bank of Plymouth. And it was a brand new bank. And it was started by the Lorenzes, who owned um, the, the uh, Mayflower Hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Chuck Height. And uh, Paul Perot, they started it, and um, it was, you know, where the Mayflower Meeting House is. It was started in that lower level mm -hmm. where those offices are, until they built the big colonial-style bank. Hmm. And so I, I would, I was so that was fun. We, that was fun starting a bank. I mean, we were, I, and that's where I met my friend Joan Rank, and. Uh, what was Plymouth like back then? Was there? I'm sure it's not nearly as built up as it is now. Or was there a lot? Was there any other businesses around there? Or? Yeah, there there were, and it was a lot of fun. Uh -huh. Actually, Plymouth was a lot of fun, you know, and it pretty much like it had. It always had the nice downtown feel, mm -hmm. and they used to have parades. 
and they used to have the chicken flying contest. <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> and they had, and they had this <laughs> this big platform, and these, they would actually take a plunger <laughs> and plunge. <laughs> The chicken out. No. Didn't see who won, which chicken flew the furthest. That's crazy. And eventually they had to give it up because... Kind of barbaric. No. Well, actually, the... um, What do they they call it? Animal rights people said that was was a no-no. So they had to give up the chicken flying contest. That's hilarious. Uh, It's funny. Um, (laughs) But I'm sure... Was was there any, uh, like... Any bars or establishments that were open in Plymouth back then? Or? Oh, there was uh, the Box Bar. The Box was open back then? Uh-huh. And then there was the Meeting House. Um, what the heck was it? Uh, Mayflower Hotel had... Oh, I can't remember. Gosh, we had a lot of parties. On Friday night, there was always a bar- mm-hmm. party at the Meeting House, the um, pub. It was the uh, Mayflower Pub. I can't think of the name of it. But anyway... Um, and it was a nice restaurant, and and then there was um, where Stella's is now. That was called Doyle's. Yeah, Doyle's. I had been to Doyle's a few times and, before. Um, it turned into Stella's. And there was um, Fred Hill had a clothing store, and I don't know if you remember when um, during the Thanksgiving Day parade and all the parades, Fred Hill started the um, businessman's. Uh, March, mm-hmm. briefcase, the briefcase, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. the briefcases, and they would march with yeah. their briefcase. That was Fred Hill, and he was one of the original members of the bank. Uh, so he had a lot of things going on. I feel like I remember seeing a clothing them in the parade when was I was a, young or something doing yeah. that, the dance. Uh, yeah, they did it for years in yeah. the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and Judge Lowe was in it. <laughs> really? Uh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Weird. Yeah, a lot of uh, uh, that was that was a big thing, uh, and uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun. So it was it was really a thriving downtown, and the Penn Theater. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, showed movies. Probably seven haven't done days. too much updating in there since, really. Seven. Oh, no. <laughs> I often wonder when I see those drapes in there how much dust is in there. <laughs> yeah, but that. then eventually the pen uh, closed, and then they got um, the, the friends of the pen uh, decided to open it again. And it was just a group of people yeah. that uh, raised some money and... That's a great little theater for it is three great. bucks. Yeah. I've always, oftentimes, well, one day when I have money, I want to uh, buy it and turn it into a concert venue. That's my dream. Turn the pen and they, my little they do have concerts. They do have concerts yeah. in there. And it's nice. My dad and I actually just saw, we went and saw the King Kong, the last King Kong movie at there. I think it's only like $3 or something. It is. And they're not, you know, they're pretty. They're not. Really old movies. For a while, then weren't they doing like dollar shows there for a while? Oh yeah, like it used to be a dollar. Yeah, it used to be dollar a dollar to go to the pen. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. That's pretty cool. It's cool. To, it's cool to hear that to know that Plymouth was like that back then and still is kept up nicely. And they used to um, the Plymouth Community Band always had a band concert mm-hmm. in the park, similar to how they do now. And then um, 
And then they started uh, doing the Friday night where they would get local name brands, mm-hmm. uh, uh, bands uh, to perform. Yeah. Um, and that became really big. It's so crowded now you can't get in there. And think about it. Back then, probably Plymouth was probably the main city over here, and Canton was probably all farmland, right? Canton was developed when we moved here in the 70s. Uh-huh. And we were considered the stepchild of Plymouth. Yeah. In fact, when we first moved here, our mailing address was Plymouth. Oh, really? And one of the uh, local uh, politicians, who was not real great, uh, petitioned to get our own post office, and so we became Canton Post Office. Because you were pretty close to the separation line anyways. I think Joy Road is what separates Canton and Plymouth now. Well, there it's it's the boundary lines run kind of funny because there's Plymouth and there's Plymouth Township. Yeah, it's and silly. I'm I'm not really sure they run kind of crazy. Yeah, it is kind of goofy because like where my mom lived, where Grandma Shepherd lived, that mm-hmm. was actually Plymouth Township. Yeah. So uh, and Canton Township is no one can understand how we can remain a township. Because um, yeah. we're so large. It's huge. And it's just like, and now especially, it's, they, I wish they would keep a little bit, a bit of it how it is. You know, it seems like they're just cramming houses in everywhere. When we them. first moved here, on all along uh, Lily Road, that was all farm. Up all, where it ran into Meditol Airport, that was all farmland. Mm-hmm. And this area where I am now was all farmland. Yeah. I even remember when, even in my lifetime, I remember when Beck Road was dirt. Well, and uh, Warren was never paved. Yeah, Warren was... It was was, a tank track. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, I remember that. That's funny. But now that you got them building houses at, like, Napier and... Right. I wish they would keep, like, I like that there's a section in between Canton and Ann Arbor that's country. I wish they would keep that... Yeah, country I'm sure that does not build because yeah. it's getting hard to drive around Canton. It's like the traffic is crazy around here. It's it's nuts. Ford and then whoever Road times is... those lights right there on Cherry Hill by those schools needs to do a better job. They'll have that thing turn red. At, like it's not even close to school time, and you'll be sitting here at a red light. You're like, what's going on over here? This is stupid. Glad my yeah. parents don't live there anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I I never could figure out that middle school. It was uh, it was so huge. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to think that you and Grandpa pretty much for your entire life stayed around the Metro Detroit area. When I mean, all your kids, well, mom, my immediate family stayed here, but then Uncle Scott and Kentucky and Jim and Indiana. And well, I think and I think what brought that on is because Dad was transferred to Indiana. Yeah. So Jim stayed. Jim finished college. Oh, Jim was just starting college when Dad was transferred back. Yeah, okay, that and makes sense. And, and my dad would have been just finishing probably, right? No, he wasn't finished yet. Or close. No. Well, I mean finishing grad school, not... Uh, no, no. No? He hadn't finished college yet. Okay. So they were in... And then Jim... Um, he was a pharmacist, and so he... I don't. At that time, there was something about taking the boards, and they didn't have a reciprocal license. He would have had to take the boards. Mm-hmm. I, I, 
I don't remember, but he ended up staying in Indiana. And um, I don't know how Scott ended up in Kentucky. That's what I was going to say. I know, I can't think of recall the story where... I think after Shelley, Shelley and Scott went... They lived in Cincinnati, right, for a little while, didn't they? No. Oh, no. They lived uh, out of, just outside of Toledo. Oh, okay, Toledo. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Uh, but they went to college together. And Shelley was from northern Michigan, and she had a horse. And I think that's how they actually started working, <laughs> looking for jobs in Kentucky, is because she had a horse and it con- <laughs> you bought property. <laughs> <laughs> and then the military is what brought Uncle Craig to Hawaii, right? Is that where he, was he stationed in the Navy there or something? Craig was joy- went to college in northern Michigan at Marquette. Oh, he went to Marquette? I didn't even know that. And he oh, didn't do well. <laughs> it happens. It was a party town. I, uh, so I've heard. So, yeah, he, and we said, well, we're not paying for, um, we're not paying for a major in skiing. So, <laughs> so he came home. He didn't do well. And um, he did, oh, I can't remember. He did, he did go to. I think he went to community college. Then Dad got him a job at um, in Ford's, and I I don't. And he got in a really bad accident, which was not his fault. Coming mm-hmm. home from work, and then all of a sudden one day he said, "I've joined the Navy." <laughs> so he uh, was all the people. He was in the submarines, which. Craig is very high, yeah. <laughs> you know, very high, very uh, energetic. Put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, so then he got discharged in Hawaii, and then he went. He ended up going to college at Hawaii Pacific College mm-hmm. and got his degree there in hotel management and got the job with the Outriggers. Hotels, huh. and then with what he's doing now. Yeah, that's amazing. I always and Mary got married, and uh, which yeah. was the big thing. Got mm-hmm. married and had children, and so he just stayed. His. It's it's so funny that all of that. It's really weird too. I how life think... takes you down different paths. Yeah, you, you know. It's... Maybe it's because your side's smaller. I guess I always just find it interesting that I like I know more and I'm closer with my dad's side of the family more so than a lot of my mom's side. But I guess that's probably because my mom had so many brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews, and I've got so many cousins and second cousins and third cousins now on that side of the family that I don't know. But I just I guess I've always been closer to them. But they all live in Michigan is what I'm saying. And, and, and well, on my dad's side, they all live in yeah, different your, states. Yeah, uh, your, uh, your grandmother uh, Lorraine was very lucky to have all her children Stay in Michigan. Stay pretty close. Yeah, and like really close too. And that I think that really benefited towards the end of her life too, as she was able to remain in her home until she passed away. Because right. there was a kid to come stay with her every night of the week. That doesn't happen very often. Mm-mm. And that lasted, I think, for about four years. Yeah. She was lucky. She lived a long one too. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Was she 95, my grandma? 94 maybe? 93, 94? 
Something like that. I think so. I think so. In that yeah, area. Yeah. So. Remained but a that's... Pistons fan her whole life. <laughs> All yeah. the way to the very end. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I like it. I think that makes me want to do... Makes me want to sit down with more family members too. Maybe sit down one time when I have all three of my uncles together, because I'm sure that could be a wild group of stories to tell. <laughs> well, and um, some of your mom's sisters and brothers. Yeah, definitely. Too. I definitely would like to sit down with more of my moms, and I'm like, and Uncle Skip too. You know, I, I know they have a lot of interesting. And you should do Skip. Yeah. Um, you know, his health isn't the greatest, and I'm sure he could. Um, He's definitely had stories. And Tim. Yeah. Oh man, Tim, Tim. Tim could. Tim could probably be the host of his own show. He <laughs> could. He could talk. He definitely could tell me some stories. It's, especially. But this is way retired. too long. Oh no! I, it's these things are popular. Some of them, the, like one of the main ones that is really popular is by a host named Joe Rogan, who's a comedian, and his he does two, three podcasts a week, and they all run about three hours long. Wow. We'll just have different doctors, scientists, comedians, wrestlers, MMA guys, and they'll sit down and do it. But, uh, yeah, well, I think we got a pretty good uh, chunk of it. And if I can think of anything else, I'll maybe get together a part two sometime. But uh, appreciate you taking the time to sit down and tell me it. I think uh, hearing your story and, like, where you come from and Grandpa's story a little bit kind of makes you learn more stuff about yourself, you know, and figure out more stuff about how you are the way you are and where I come from and stuff. So it's, it's interesting and cool. For you me. have some good bones. In. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it for sure. I think we've been pretty blessed in our family. Um, so yeah, thanks. And, um, I'm going to have this, I'm going to compress this and put it up and then hopefully I'll have it out for all the family members for uh, Christmas this year. We'll be good. getting together in Indiana. So that should be pretty fun. That should be wonderful. All right. Thanks grandma. Love Thank you. you. I love you.